I'm Mitch. I'm Keith. And this is the Layman's Term Show. The Layman's Term Show, where a couple lay people, not, not clergy, clergy, talk about where life and faith intersect and have some fun conversations. Welcome back. Hey, buddy. How's it going? I'm doing fantastic. Do you yeah. trust me? Do I trust you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, good. Depends on what. I don't know if I, I trust you now that you asked me whether I trust you or not. Well, I just made a statement. I asked well, if you trusted what I said. Well, yeah. I mean. Uh, we're week two of trust. We uh, Are we week two? Or, or are three? we week three? I think we're week three. Nah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, we are. We week wow. three. Wow, this is great. See, that's how that's Time how all flies. the kind listeners know we don't record all these <laughs> like in one sitting and claim right. to be weeks. We're it's literally weeks apart. Yeah, week to week, week to week. So uh, we're talking about growing in trust, uh, trusting others, right? So uh, week one, we talked about uh, trusting God. And then we talked about last week, we talked about um, being trustworthy. Being trustworthy. And now we're talking about trusting others so we talked about earning trust mm-hmm. and now we're talking about becoming uh becoming more trusting of others we talked a little bit about that last week but we'll go a little further in depth um you know like talk about this morning like do you have do you have points in time or examples where you were just um it was required that you trust someone else or at least the opportunity to trust someone else was was kind of needed you had to be vulnerable enough to trust someone else you couldn't do it on your own you needed that trust i mean there's a lot of um benign examples like uh if you like i don't really know how to work on cars very well so like if there's something going on i call my father-in-law because he works on cars. So there's like this implicit trust there mm-hmm. because he knows more than I do uh, about cars. And so I, I generally trust what he says in that in that regard, you know. Um, so there's like benign examples like that. I think I think maybe like a. Um, yeah, like a more higher bigger, stakes. Bigger examples. Uh, a really good uh, example was when we had our first. um child oh back to kids again yep um the uh you know my wife was trying to have a, a natural birth or whatever right so she started pushing and we found out later what had happened was the umbilical cord was in between the head and the canal yep so every time that she pushed the heart rate went yep. down yep right okay so you know the doctor uh is like you know, stop pushing, stop pushing, you know? And so they're like getting an ER room prepped and ready to go. Uh, and somebody was like, Oh no, there's not one ready or whatever. And so like this doctor's like, well, we're gonna have to do it here, you know, like in the room or whatever. And I think in that moment, there's this, like, there's this like trust that you have that that person has that training. I mean, it's your kid's life in their hands. And so you just have that trust that, uh, whatever they're about to do is the best decision. Right. And I think you can think about that for a lot of medical, um, a me- big, big, big time medical decisions. Right. So, you know, if you get, if you end up getting diagnosed with cancer and they get you on a treatment plan, you have to have, you have to have some really big trust, um, that that's the way to go. And, um, I, I mean, I know people that 
you know, like always get a second opinion, always get a third opinion, always get a fifth opinion, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't think that person, those people like have that implicit, that implicit trust or whatever, you know? Um, so yeah, I would probably say that's probably a really good example of just in that moment, you're just like, you just tell me what to do. Go stand over there. Okay. I'm going to go stand over <laughs> here. You know what I mean? Like here. And she like threw these, like, um, you know, I don't know whatever the surgical gown at me and was like, put this on. And I'm like, what do I do now? I'm in you it. Know, I'm in it. What are we I'm doing? What are we doing? You know? Um, so anyway, and it all turned out. Okay. Um, the, she ended up, uh, uh, a, a, an actual surgical room opened up and they called. So the doctor, like she was this little tiny doctor too. She was probably like, I don't know, maybe like five, two, maybe a hundred pound 110 pounds you know this tiny 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 um dr ruffin and she like jumps up on the bed while the nurses are pushing down the hall and you know it was it was a little wild and crazy time there for like 20 minutes but it all turned out okay how about you yeah i think um i think the follow-up question to this is does that come easily to you or difficult to you i actually think it's i don't know i I wonder if I'm too trusting or or I'm just too trusting or my threshold for like I haven't found myself in that situation you're describing I think with with would be extreme rarity uh but like so we're doing this uh project on Saturday we're doing this mission project and we're cleaning up um mm-hmm. Uh, cleaning up uh, weeds and shrubs and all this, and we have uh, um, we have different tools and we have these electric hedge trimmers. You have a pair, I have a pair. Yep. They're great yep. electric hedge trimmers. They're awesome. phenomenal. Uh, they saved the day. They took yep. days worth of work down to a couple hours, right? And we're trimming up all these vines. And uh, my friend Josh and I, who we've been friends for years we uh work well together we discovered one of the quickest ways to clean up these vines is one person would pull it hold it back the other person would run the trimmers yeah. by right yeah, well definitely the tr- best way right well the trimmers are running by within inches, inches less than a foot fingers. less than a foot of your fingers which could easily remove your fingers oh yeah um and but we weren't doing it we weren't doing anything that was risky or unsafe mm-hmm. because the environment we were operating within had been built on a relationship of trust. Like, yeah, I trusted, respected, knew his ability to run the trimmer mm-hmm. and to pay attention to what we're doing. Along with he trust, he equally trusted my ability to understand. We we had a shared understanding of the process that was going to work. Yeah. Right. Like you wouldn't have done it with one of the kids there. Correct. Or maybe another adult that you didn't. That have I didn't. Yeah. Really great relation. You would have like, you would have like held your hands further away. Yeah. And let them cut it in that case. Yeah. So you know stuff like that. Um, you know I've held. Uh, you know you've been on like a construction site. Like I'll hold a nail for somebody to get started. Right. Like someone's oh, swinging yeah, a hammer no. at your hand. Yeah, not me. Right. Well, people are extra cautious <laughs> when someone else is holding a nail. So they don't even really, yeah. they get it started. They don't even really are like whacking it. They're not it. really one hit whacking yeah, it in. Right. Yeah. Like you would on your um, own. You tap, tap, whack. Yeah. I did one time was holding a, 
concrete spike uh, with my boot one time, and I did get a glancing blow to the shin with a sledgehammer, oh, which does not feel no, good. But it was a glancing blow. Yeah. Um, so yeah, stuff like that. I, I think, think I think it's I think it's compounding. I think it's great for relationships. So I think it compounds it. It rapidly increases um, the, the quality of the relationship. The more the more often and the more in depth you can trust someone, and yeah, show that yeah. you and show that you trust them. I mean, I mean, definitely. Um, you know, one of those situations where. If you obviously if you don't trust the individual, then you're not as open to either sharing about yourself and communicating in such a way, right? Um, so yeah, I mean that 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 only that only can help relationships. I, I really look at it too. I think um, when you get married, when you finally find that person that you connect with, you know, over that over that course of dating and courtship and stuff, you're what you're really doing is you're building that that trust up but even like even like when you decide to get married and you get married like you're still not 100 to me you're not 100 percent trusting it's it's through the years of marriage too that you really start building up and building up and building up and building up right so you're kind of taking a little bit of a um a leap even when you're you know, when you're dating somebody, oh, every to be, little bit, be yeah, exclusive to whatever, right? Um, and then even in that marriage, you know, I don't very rarely do you hear somebody that's like been married for 70 years and they're like, yep, that was the one, right? I knew it the moment I saw him, right? Like, fully trusted him, you know, like knew it was that, you know, that's a that's a rare that's a that's a rare occasion, right? Mm-hmm. So the rest of us peons have to, um, you know, build up that relationship between between the two of you right so i even think getting married um is an act of trusting that other person quite a bit well let's talk biblical stories i like i like biblical stories let's talk about um the apostle paul who was saul and paul saul here um in his conversion met with jesus you know jesus um appears to him as this this life-changing experience uh, mm-hmm. on the um, road to Damascus, and and he does a 180 from trying to stamp out followers of Jesus to um, being the biggest evangelizer for following Jesus. Yep. Okay? Yep. Um, and that all sounds, you know, we know, this, we, we know how, how that goes, and but we what what I want to key in on is all the other people um, the Lord used in this where he's blinded. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul is yeah, and and Ananias, the Lord calls Ananias to go heal Paul. Mm-hmm. So Ananias has to trust the Lord. Yep, to go. And follow through on helping someone that is in all sense of the word has proven themselves untrustworthy mm. to someone who's a follower of Jesus. Yeah. And they have to go. It's fascinating. And then on and then on top of it, that Ananias does heal him. 
and then brings him to a bunch of other followers farther into the circle the way right of of Jesus and all everybody else around is like this guy you brought this guy yeah. to the party <laughs> you know yeah so there was a lot there's a lot of trust in that um a lot of trust that has to happen a lot of trust that was um built and rebuilt which i mm-hmm. think is a great redemptive story for all of us i don't think any of us could be um you know what's 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 the what's the scripture where paul says uh we're all sinners and i'm the worst i'm, I'm, I'm the, worst. the worst what how, what's the verbiage on that do you have that um somewhere where is it uh of I am the worst. I, where was that? Well, anyway, I used to color code my notes. Um, <laughs> so, just so everybody and knows, I, like, I did not print everything in color. And I like our layman's term podcast because I don't have to have the direct quote. I know, in a nutshell, Paul says, we're all sinners, of which I am the worst. Of which I am the worst, only by the redemption, something about only by the redemption of, of Christ, right? So, so he knows he can't, he couldn't worse. How could he get any worse? Right? Yeah. Well, so he's got nowhere to go, but uphill, but he can go from the depths of untrustworthiness and re-earn it. Yeah, re-ear- re-earn here, the trust. First Timothy 1, 15 through 16. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. For, but for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Hallmark verse right there. Yeah. I, f- I, find, I, find, uh, I find it interesting um, because, I, I, you know, I get what he's saying, but, you know, when he says of... of of whom I am the worst, we kind of can sit here and go, yeah, he was pretty bad. Right. But like, again, that's kind of our world, our society of trying to like, this person's worse than this person, this person's better, you know, or whatever, but all sin is equal. Right. And yeah, like we've talked, we've talked in the past about like, so we're all, we don't believe in this hierarchy of sin because all sin separates us from God. Any separation is, um, equal to vast separation. Mm Mm-hmm because it only takes the same amount of salvation to redeem no matter the distance of separation. Correct. Yep. That salvation is Jesus has done for us. We just have to accept it. Yep. So it's already been performed. We just have to accept that. Um, so there isn't really this hierarchy of sin. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and I think Paul, I wonder if, in him, in him saying this, that you know, of which he is the worst, he also comes out of a system that had hierarchy of sin. Yeah, right, because he was Jewish. Because right? there was different mm-hmm. sacrifices required mm-hmm. for different levels of sinful nature. So he's just making it blatantly obvious that. He fully accepts he is within the realm of maximum 
level of sin. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating to me that um, he goes, which makes from, him relatable to anyone right, in the world yeah, ever. Right, that's and, what he's saying, and that's and that's like kind of my my point is I actually relate to that, right? Because when you know when I do something that's sinful, I think, man, I'm the worst, right? Like. Like he's he's basically showing you that he's he's you or anyone else, right? Where he what he was doing, he thought was just under the the Jewish you know law to stamp out these treasonous heretical heresy heretical heretical heyo people, and then he realizes from not clergy real layman (laughs) yeah realizes that he's got it all wrong. Right. And so he can look back and be like, you know, I thought I was doing something right in the moment. It was incredibly wrong. Man, I'm the worst. I am the worst. Right. And right. that makes and that makes like you said, it's it's relatable because I I think no one can do anything. And then. And then no, no one is just a worldly human fallen sinner can read and learn about about Paul and then say, yeah, but I did this, right? right like fill right. in the blank. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about um too what's 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 crazy about the story of Paul is it, it it's on the two ends of the spectrum, right? We would look at him killing, imprisoning and killing I don't know how many hundreds of Christian followers, right? Early Christian followers. That's pretty bad in our society to basically this transformation where, uh, you know, he's probably, if, if Paul didn't happen, we would not be here today, right? Probably the, the biggest disciple of Yeah, God's, of use, God's use of the apostle Paul was very uh, strategic in the formation of... And, and, and here's what's crazy. You're not going to be that end of the spectrum, and you're not going to be the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. Right? Like, And I think that's what's so, um, to me, in a way, relatable but not relatable. Right? Knowing that you can, you can do wrong but come back from it. It's just your choice. It's your will. Right? So here's one for you. Ready for a hot take? Ready for me yeah. to drill a hole deep into the brain of Keith? Uh-oh. I'm ready. Just last week, we're talking about the old say-do ratio. Um, We're talking about the trustworthiness, and we're talking about how how once someone has lost your trust, Mm. (laughs) yeah, it's so hard. Yeah, almost dare I say not to put words in your mouth, but you're just you're just yeah, it's pretty impossible. You close the door, right? Yeah. It would take it would take God coming down and like I don't know blinding me. To like, well, I'm not putting you as Paul. I'm putting you as these other disciples. <laughs> oh yeah, right. No, there'd be no way. There'd right, be no like way. The, God would have to talk to me. And you would like, have to. I, yeah. You would have had. You would have had to have been Ananias. Yes, I would have had. To right, been you couldn't have been the guys Ananias brought Paul but to. Seriously, if Paul walked in that house. I'd be like, this guy. Yeah, I you, don't know who these people are. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. Um, You're not gonna throw down. You're just gonna. Deny, deny, deny. Uh, yeah, probably. I'm just here to wash feet, man. I'm just, I don't, I'm just, I'm I'm just, I'm just bringing the snacks. I just brought the snacks. I thought we were having a good time. That's it. No, yeah, man. I, you know, I think about sometimes. I think about um, 
Okay, here's the difference. I think about the uh, the first followers of Jesus denying him while he, you know, is being uh, tortured and and crucified, right? And every now and then, I think to myself, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have denied him, right? Because like those disciples witnessed miracles, right? Like they witnessed the glory of Jesus, right? So. You'd kind of be like, man, if I if, if that was me, I wouldn't do that. And then I realized I would totally do that, right? Because that self preservation kicks in. Oh, and even just right, and even just <laughs> like all the benefit of the doubt and the grace you you have to give our um, first century original uh, disciples, right? Like, can you imagine too, like? Probably like the little hamster wheel going around inside the school there, like you know, thinking about things. Yeah. Like to your point, witnessed all these miracles, all yeah. the, you know, did did them like were felt the Holy Spirit, did miracles, yeah. But like watch Jesus do all sorts of amazing, <laughs> yeah. amazing things, right? And I don't know that guy. Well, no, they're probably like he's got this. <laughs> oh yeah, right. right? Oh, okay, yeah, I got you. He's like, say, ain't nothing I'm doing to help what, this what guy out. Gonna... He can he can figure this thing out. <laughs> Yeah. No, so yeah, I would probably I would probably bounce from that room real quick. If somebody brought Paul in or yeah. Saul at yeah. the time. Yeah. I would I would bounce hard. Um I will say this though, I think that of the of the people in my life that I have um you could say deuced out or bounced real hard from and stopped talking to, there is always a way back. It's just that it's Im- it's improbable. It's not impossible, oh, but right. it's improbable. We, we've had that discussion before. Right. So it's like you you can, you know, if our trust, if our relationship gets to a point where something happens and it breaks all trust, um, you, you know, coming back even years later and saying, man, that was, that was completely wrong in that situation, you know, and like asking for forgiveness. And I, I probably would. And then start allowing that relationship so it wouldn't be the same, right? But to, but to continue to grow, the problem is uh, we're all we're all little sinful humans, and none of us will think that we're wrong in a situation, right? And and nobody is probably one hundred percent blameless either in a situation. So, um, you know, I I think that you know if you and I got in a giant argument one day and we both said things that we shouldn't have said, I'll walk out of here going that Mitch. He was all wrong in that situation, and I was righteous, you know. And then you'd probably be like, "This Keith guy, this guy," <laughs> you know. And I, and I think that's the I think that's the Im- improbability of it, and the and the impossibility of it. Um, and really, that you know, that brings me to um, so uh, a a book, the trusted advisor, right? Oh talks yeah, we about talked the about trust this. equation. We talked about this in staff one time. Yeah. Um. And did we talk about it in a podcast once? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, our faithful listeners will know. They'll recall. <laughs> They'll recall. Well, anyway, so this um, uh, this book, the trusted advisor, um, is talking about the trust equation, and and we, I've talked about this, or I've heard about it before, um, you know, in previous jobs and previous roles and stuff like that, where really it's about, and a lot of it too is is really geared towards any walk of life, whether you're like a salesperson mm-hmm. and you're trying to build that quick trust with somebody to sell them something, right? 
um, all the way to, you know, our relationship or any To being a friend, to being a pastor, yeah. to being a coach, Anything. to being a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they, what they really say is they talk about um, credibility, right? So do you have... Um, do you have credibility? So if you're if you're a pastor, do you have the expertise, the knowledge? You know, like if, if you ran into a pastor and they never read the Bible before, they're not very credible, right? Um, reliability. Do they do what they What's say? What's the or consistency? Say, the old the say, say do, do ratio. Um, Man, I love when we talk in unison. I know, I it's like it. harmonious. It, it is very harmonious. Uh, so that's reliability, and then we have intimacy, which is more like the emotions, like, you know, are they, are, have I let my guard down have enough to where you recognize that I'm reciprocating any trust that you're showing? This is going to be a great conversation. And I was, I was playing on this. Um, okay. All right. So intimacy is a very interesting portion of the trust equation because you can have over sharers and okay. under sharers, okay. right? An overshare is like you meet somebody and they start talking about their divorce and their ex and how horrible of a person they are and you know okay. they're going through all this stuff in your life and you're like, whoa, I just asked how you like the party, right? We've all met overshares before, right? And then you have the undershares, which are like people that you just you're like you're like begging to try to get something out of, you know, you're like, you share they something won't with even, them, they won't even They budge. won't even share an honest opinion about the weather. Yeah, I mean, they won't even tell you their middle name, right? Like, they don't want to share anything with you, right? So that both of those, like, fail in that trust, because you don't want an undershare, you don't want to, like, trust them with information well, on you, but they don't, you know, but that trust isn't reciprocated, you in do, my mind. I think, I think the, um, I think reciprocity? Reciprocity. Yeah, that's that's, I, that's, that's a, a word. That's a word I want to use. But <laughs> with this, with this, the the vulnerability. I think it's vulnerability. If I sh- if I am vulnerable, then I show that I have some trust for you. Sure. Mm-hmm. Then that communicates that you, in kind, can also potentially have some vulnerability. True. Very true. Right? And that can start in small increments. And I think the imbalance that you're speaking of can come sometimes with uh, people who over Mm -hmm. share or then people who um, there's an imbalance between in the relationship Mm -hmm. of one person is more vulnerable yeah. At an earlier stage, and the other person is very reluctant to show mm-hmm. any vulnerability mm-hmm. um, at all. It creates an imbalance in the trust equation. Yeah. So, do you think I'm an oversharer or an undersharer, or middle of the road? I think you share appropriately. Do you really? I think I'm an oversharer. I think my wife would say I'm an oversharer. I'll have to ask her. No, I don't think I don't. I don't think you have inappropriate levels of sharing. Um, I think I probably have a wider, a larger threshold for appropriate sharing. You respond well, is what you're saying yeah. to somebody that potentially may be oversharing. Yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah, yeah. doesn't bother me. Yeah, um, it doesn't bother me either. 
You um, know, if I just said, whoa, Keith, sorry I was so late getting in here. The hot wings I had were so hot. It created a situation, you know, in a my vortex. In digest right like if I got into like yeah, most yeah. a lot of people are like, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Did not need to know that. Way just apologize too much, for being late. Way too much oversharing. Apologize for being wet late. Whereas yeah. if somebody shares that with me, I'd be like, Well, it's a function of humanity. You know, it's a process of being human. We're not in third grade. We don't need to I mean, I feel like if somebody shared that with me, I'd be like, What what was, the was the flavor? Yeah, what was the, where'd you yeah. go? What was the flavor? So it doesn't happen to me. So I, so I think know? we're an adequate <laughs> level of sharing. Uh, yeah. So like it would be, it would be if somebody came to you and said, Hey, sorry, I'm late. I had some bad sushi last night. Not feeling good. Like you're kind of, that's, that's, yeah, that's appropriate fine. Amount of sharing. That's fine. But if they went into what the sushi was and then the effects of said sushi on their digestive system, that's a little oversharing. Yeah. I'd say, um, I'd say, uh, Public service announcement: Don't get this sushi that's on sale. Generally speaking, <laughs> or from um, a gas station, or the special. <laughs> the special sometimes. It's the old fish. It could. It could be, especially if it's an interesting fish you've never had before. I'd highly recommend staying away from uh, thinly sliced raw scallop. Oh, okay. Uh, it's hard to get good scallops in the Midwest, anyways. So it's hard to get good seafood in the Midwest. So my, I had I had a very poor experience with the scallop special at a sushi restaurant one time. Um, probably kept me away from sushi for about six months. <laughs> well, I don't eat sushi because I'm allergic to fish. So hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, seafood, and then I don't like the texture of regular fish. Fish and. Shellfish? I'm like just allergic. Both? I'm just allergic to shellfish. I can eat fresh fish, but I don't like the texture. I don't like that flaky. Hmm. To me, it's mushy. Yeah, but there's all sorts of ways you can eat it so raw. Like nice, you can eat it raw like nice, to cooked or like anywhere nice in between. Meaty tuna would be okay. Like not the shredded tuna in a can, but you know, like a tuna fillet or yeah. something like that. I can probably stand that. Um, but not really. My hmm. wife's tried like two or three times in our life to cook something and you know and every single time i'm like no this this isn't happening so anyway so um i will eat what is it a california roll that has nothing and it's just vegetables uh imitation crab meat yeah well it's imitation so it's fine like i eat crab and goon love them it's white fish yeah um, so anyway, so cre- credibility, reliability, intimacy. Um, your original question to me was, do 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 you f- do I feel that you have had an appropriate? I, I think that's. I think I think you're all right. I think that. Um, I think that. Uh, if oh, let's 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 backtrack it for a second. I think that um, for you. Credibility, reliability, intimacy. What's interesting with you, and if our listeners don't know, um, Mitch does not commit to anything ever. If you like invite him to do something, keeps or my a- shared my say do <laughs> ratio yeah. spot on. If there's if there's any kind of event whatsoever, like if I was um, if I was uh, uh, well if I wasn't married and Mitch and I were best friends and I'm like Mitch. I'm getting married, man. I want you to be there. Mitch would be like, I'll see what I can do, but I'm not sure I can make it. Now, if you invited me to be a groomsman, <laughs> I'll commit to that. <laughs> so um, I think some people could see that as a reliability issue. 
No. But really, in that sense, you are being very reliable in not. I don't know why that's a reliability issue. Reliable. I'm trying to prevent a reliability issue. Yeah, I know. I, so I think that I think that's the the juxtaposition there. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So me, it's credibility. I'm not credible whatsoever. Well, you're very credible. <laughs> so we take these things. We take our credibility. Yep. Our reliability, reliability, lack thereof, or whatever. If you could even like assign a score, like one to five of those mm-hmm. things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the intimacy, the willingness um, to share that, show that vulnerability. If we add all those things up, so credibility plus reliability plus intimacy, if you think of that as a score, a compounded score, and then we're going to put that over, you know, yep. divided by yep. uh, self orientation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All right. Well, tell us about self-orientation. So self-orientation is like how people feel you are in the relationship. So are you one that the relationship's all about you, 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 you? Then you have a high self-orientation. Yeah. Are you right? self-centered or are you other self-centered? other-centered? Um, if you have a low self-orientation, if, you know, in the conversation, somebody tells a story and then you ask further questions about it and you really get into it and like, wow, that's crazy, you know, whatever. Um, then you have a low self-orientation. If you then try to one up, you know, it's like, oh, you caught a fish that big. Well, you're back in you know, back in Lake Ontario, I caught this trout, you know, or whatever. Right. Um, then you have a high self-orientation. That's not good for the trust equation. And I think, I think for me, and you can chime in on this. I think for me, some people feel like I have a high self-orientation because I, I tend to sometimes relate that way, but it's because I'm trying to relate. It's not that, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, so if you tell a story about, um, I don't know, uh, you know, you like, oh man, I'm sorry. I, I was moving this weekend. It was crazy. I moved myself, you know, and I'm like, oh yeah, man, I hate that. I, we moved ourselves, you know, a couple of times, blah, blah, blah. And I'll, I'll never do that again. Right. Like, I'm trying to relate. That's fine. Yeah, I know. But I think some people can see that as like a high self-orientation. So I think I'm probably in the middle if you had to score me, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think the self-orientation thing too, um, and maybe, Maybe I'm, you know, trying to let myself off the hook a little bit with some of it, but I also think it's related to the um, the self orientation of the other person as well. Um, I think you have to. I think you have to score the self orientation of others based on your own personal self orientation, mm-hmm. uh, because if someone and that could just and that can also play in there too with just personality and how outgoing and how um and how engaging folks are because like if you talk about um i like i like good cohesion in Mm -hmm. groups Mm -hmm. and i like conversation i like and i don't have to be the center of it or lead it or push it or direct it I just like that it happens mm. because I feel like life's better in relationship and a relationship isn't sitting around staring at your phone. Right. Sure. Sure. So it's so like, to your point, if someone's like, Oh man, I, you know, you're in a group, four or five people. So, Oh, it's a horrible weekend and moved herself. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and if you're there and you jump right back in with, yeah, I've moved myself too. And oh, that, so you, right? you like the, then the I'd be like, I'd be like, all right, it's all good. We're yeah, good here. Yeah. We've got, we've got good. We've got, yo. Know, at that point, I would have a low self-orient, 
interpretation because then I can be the conversation's happening and then I can be empathetic and be like, oh, where'd you move to? Mm-hmm. What right? Because now we've got Oh, you still live you're not living on such oh, and such street okay. anymore? Where'd right. you move? Yeah, and you but if it would have just been crickets, mm. you know, I think the icebreaker of, oh, I've done that, right? Some relatability. Mm. Okay. Anyway, I think I think in the in the art of conversation, I think can determine. I think you have to be. I think you have to really be careful with assigning self orientation skills, or uh, not skills, self orientation levels to people. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm with you. I want to have grace and mercy when when pointing out someone's. <laughs> high self-orientation score. <laughs> well, I also think this kind of relates to, although it doesn't relate to necessarily to trust, um, you know, in relationships, there's take, I, I look at it as takers and givers, right? And sometimes people are equal. They both take and give, right? Um, sometimes people take a little bit more than they give, but sometimes people give a little bit more than they take. And I, I usually find if you line up friends, like best friends, or you line up, um, you know, couples, if they're both like, like equal, you know, like maybe a little giver, a little taker, that's okay. In between, that's okay. What I always find is the people that are both takers, right? Uh, not the opposite, but both takers is very, is very weird uh, to me. And I, I look at that from now I'm relating this back to self-orientation. If you're in that, if you're in that, that group and people are talking and you've got like, the whole group is just two people talking back and forth mm-hmm. the whole time, then that also becomes a little awkward. Oh, yeah. And you're like, even though they're just, that's maybe just who they are, they're both two high self-oriented people. That's when you like just kind of take take your your, your cup of iced tea and you kind of turn around and you make a subgroup with the people. <laughs> oh, yeah. There, right? Oh. <laughs> anyway, I just thought that was funny. We're going to have <laughs> You guys are having a great conversation. We're going to go over here. (laughs) Well, see you later. Big gulps, huh? (laughs) Well, that's it. That's all the time. Yeah, we're we're out of time. time. I know. It was great. I had like 16 other things to talk about. I know. This was a good one. I like talking about this trust. Um, I feel like we can roll up in here and I just really trust that it's going (laughs) to work out just fine. And if not, there's always next week. Yeah. And And speaking of that. Self-oriented enough, we'll fill the air. See you next week. Have a good one. (laughs) Bye.